Welcome to Brighton Adventure Story, Chapter 9, The Initiation. As soon as James set foot in the office building, he thought it was probably not one of his best ideas. The reception area was empty, and there was no sign of the drop lifters. Three sets of double doors led off to other parts of the building. He tried the nearest set. They were locked. So were the next ones. The last doors, he discovered, were propped open an inch by something small and shiny on the floor. James crouched and found it was a stapler, opened with the thin edge wedged under the shut door to hold it in place. Through the doors was a wide, glass-walled corridor. There was a series of spaces on either side of the glass walls. There was not much light, but James could see each room had a large table with office chairs and whiteboards on the walls. They were meeting rooms, and they were all empty. When James reached the edge of the dim corridor, he found a single door with an entry keypad on the side, and he knew he'd made a big mistake. He gave the handle a tentative pull. It was locked. There was a narrow glass panel running down the centre of the door. James peered through and saw some movement in a low orange light. He stepped to the side to avoid being seen, and had a closer look at the keypad by the side of the door. He punched a four-digit code into it, and a little light flashed red. It was definitely time to leave. There was a noise from behind him. He turned and saw someone come through the far door, silhouetted for a moment against the streetlight from outside. There was something familiar about them. He felt a moment of panic and tried another random entry code. Again, the light flashed red. You have to hit the hash key, remember? A voice called out. James was sure he knew them. Here, let me do it. James kept his head down and just nodded in reply. But the voice was definitely someone he knew. He risked a quick look up at the drop lifter as they neared him. They were wearing all black, with a hood over their head and a face mask over their mouth. The face mask was made of a dark grey patterned material that was also familiar. And the eyes were definitely ones that he had seen before or that had seen him at least. Recognition flashed across them as their eyes met his. What are you doing here? The droplifter said. You've got to get out before... They were cut off by a noise. Both turned to see the far door open. A tall man with a weird dog stepped carefully through. The man then seemed to grow taller, his hat nearly scraping the ceiling, and James realised that he must have had to duck low to get through the door. There was no mistaking the hat, though. It was the cowboy. The droplifter pushed James aside, entered a five-digit code and hit the hash key. James's view was obscured by their arm, but he caught the first digits. Zero, one, three. The light went green. The droplifter practically shoved James inside and held the door open. The room was huge, much bigger than the meeting rooms. It was lit with an amber light that had a magical, misty quality to it. There were strange smells in the air. It felt like he'd stepped into a magical fairy tale. Everywhere he looked were hooded and masked droplifters. They were lounging on office chairs and sitting on tables that had been shoved into clumps or pushed against the edges of the room. He didn't have time to properly take it all in and quickly moved away from the door toward a group sitting on stacked tables near the wall. He hopped up onto a free table and tried to look like he belonged. 
the cowboy stooped low and swept into the room. The brown weasel thing followed, pausing momentarily to sniff the air in James's direction before catching up. The droplifter that had let James in stood near the door and looked around the gloom. Then they joined three others seated on high-backed desk chairs on the far side. The murmur of conversations grew quiet and all attention was sucked into the centre of the room where the cowboy stood next to a wide table that had been piled with things that James couldn't make out. There was a definite air of anticipation. An amber mist cloud hissed up from a droplifter. They were sitting in a hammock seat strung from the legs of an upturned table on the floor. And they were vaping. Next to them was a plastic shape emitting the amber light. James realised it was a warning light stolen from a building site or from roadworks. He breathed a slight sigh of relief. Vaping and roadwork lights, hardly an enchanted fairy tale at all. The cowboy addressed the room. Apprentices, he said, voice calm and even. Do you think you've done well tonight? Is tonight's collection enough? He swept his long arm over the piled table. The air in the room grew still. Everyone was transfixed. The cowboy left the question hanging. We shall see, he said. But first, we have a newcomer. A fresh apprentice for our ranks. Come forward with your seconder, and we'll all welcome you properly. There was a shuffle and a murmur as droplifters looked among themselves for this newcomer. James willed for someone else to stand up. He pulled his coat hood lower and tried to blend in with the wall behind him. Unfortunately, he was sitting in front of a whiteboard with SLA percentage written across the top of it. Perhaps he was close enough to the door that he might be able to get out before someone caught him. Then again, if there was a keypad on this side, then making a run for it would just mark him as guilty. Come now, the cowboy said coldly. Don't be shy. The tall man extended a bony arm in James's direction. The nearest group of youths turned and stared. There was no way out of this. He kicked himself for not listening to Jenny. Then he eased himself down from the desk. He still had a chance to bluff his way out. A slim chance was better than nothing. A movement near the door caught his eye. The brown weasel thing hopped down from a pile of computers on the far side. James was glad he hadn't made a run for it. There we go, the cowboy said. Then he looked around the rest of the hall. A young one, this. Now tell me, who invited this youngster into our midst? Who is his seconder? Again, the droplifters looked at each other. How could James explain that he had not been invited? He racked his brain for a legitimate-sounding reason for being there. He had to say something. He cleared his throat. I second him, Master. The droplifter that had recognised James at the door stood up. Everyone around them looked surprised. So did the cowboy. He's young, but he's clever, the droplifter, his seconder, said. He's good with technology and will make an excellent lookout. Clever, eh? the cowboy said. We need some more brains between us. That's a fair point. Come forward, young'un. Join me. The last thing that James wanted to do was to join the cowboy in the middle of the room. Thoughts of running crossed his mind again, but the brown weasel thing was somewhere around. 
He walked forward, heart pounding, face reddening with every step. He hoped the yellow light would hide his flushed complexion. He passed the hammock-seated vapour. The hammock was actually made from a woven mass of telephones. James would have been impressed if he wasn't so terrified. He stopped as close to the tall man as he could bear, still a good ten feet away. He could see that the table behind the man was covered with bags, mostly bags of flour, but with some sand and building materials thrown in. Beyond it, right at the back of the room, were other tables, filled with beer bottles, cigarettes and more. "'Ah, it is just a babe,' the cowboy said. There was a snicker of laughter across the room. "'Without even a real mask. But your seconder is true. Come closer and hold out your left arm.' The cowboy held out his right arm. "'Skady, here!' The last two words were spoken as a command. A command which brought the brown weasel creature darting past James, and with an easy bound it perched on the cowboy's arm. If James hadn't wanted to get closer before, the brown weasel made it even less appealing now. With no other choice, he forced himself forward, like a reluctant sunbather edging into an ice-cold lake. He stopped two paces from the tall man. He had to crane his neck backward to see the man's face, so tall was he. Left arm, boy. Hold it out. James slowly lifted his arm. The cowboy grabbed it at the elbow with his free hand and held it awkwardly high, palm up. The grip was iron-like. James didn't flinch. The man's right hand, with the creature still perched right behind it, pulled James's sleeve back to the elbow, exposing his pale skin. Then the hand clamped over James's wrist. His heart was hammering so fast that James expected to be able to see his veins bulging with every beat. He kept his breathing even, and then the creature stepped to the edge of the cowboy's right hand and extended its paw to the skin on James's soft forearm near his elbow. James held his breath. The paw felt like soft leather at first. Then, quick as a flash, it dragged it back. James barely saw the four black claws, but he felt them. White hot pain, and this time he couldn't help but let out a muffled groan through his clenched teeth. The brown weasel scampered up the man's long arm, paused for a moment by his ear, then dropped lightly to the floor. It had left four razor-thin scratch marks on James's arm, out of which tiny beads of blood were beginning to form. The cowboy let out a long breath as he examined the scratches. A look of interest crossed his face, akin to the milky-white eyes of the oracle. Could this man somehow see the change in James caused by the priestess's life-saving cure? The look was gone. The man held up James's arm with the vice grip. Blood trickled into his elbow. Our latest apprentice, the cowboy called out, shaking James's arm. A clever one, finally. The drop-lifters laughed and cheered, Clouds of vapour filled the air. The initiation was over, the arm grip released. James quickly walked back and sat on his table by the whiteboard. He felt weak and light-headed. You have done well tonight, the cowboy addressed the room. We are all suffering, and there is still a long way to go. The journeymen will be here shortly to collect the offering. You may enjoy yourselves. With that, there was another cheer as the tall man swept out of the room. James rested back against the whiteboard. He wanted to leave, to get home, 
It was late and felt like an eternity since his cross-country run at school that morning. But he felt weak, so he sat. He closed his eyes, just to rest for a moment. Get up! The seconder was standing in front of him, holding an open bottle of beer in one hand and an e-cigarette in the other. You need to leave. Come on, you total geek. Total geek. He'd been called that before. He dragged himself to his feet and followed them out through the door. He just followed. Neither of them said anything all the way to the end of one of the north lanes. Listen to me, they said finally. You can't go back there. The cowboy knows. He always does. I don't know why he even did the initiation. If I wasn't one of his best apprentices, I don't think he would have. But he knows. And for your sake, you'd better not have got my sister involved in any of this. Your sister, James said. Wait, who are you? I know who you are. The seconder pulled down their mask, but James had already worked it out. It was Annabelle, Jenny's older sister.